Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of going on an adventure and finding out, you know, that you're one of the people who doesn't know, ding, or one of the people who does know. Anybody who's been watching memes on YouTube knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Those who know, those who don't know. Oh, yeah. Anyways, this week, uh, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Uh, This week, we are talking about mystery and how it can be used to enhance your role-playing experience. All right, so you use it to direct the players. You use it to basically give them items, mysteries, give them items that they can use to enhance their overall play or just fun stuff. Sometimes it's, it's backstory on... Items of beauty, you know, uh, that allow you to say, yes, this robe I'm wearing is actually was was war, uh, was made for the first king of 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 the the ancient elven realm, you know, of, of the 13th age. And they're all like, really? He says, yes. He says, wow, it's so fine and nice. You must be an important person. He says, well, yes, I am an important person. And not just because I'm wearing, he says, and not just because I'm wearing this robe, but really it's because I'm wearing this robe. <laughs> Somebody had, if you had the match, you know, the, the crown or the hat or the robe or something like that, then basically everybody followed you. Oh, it was the episode, it was an episode of Babylon 5, you know, where Ivanova grabs this symbol off the uh, off one uh, one group of fighters, and they're all like, "Well, you've got the symbol. That means you're our leader. What do we do?" And you're like, "Oh, well, here we're gonna go. <laughs> this is we're gonna go here and do this." And they leads leads them all on a mer- on a, on their merry way and gets gets half of the half of the the chores done on the on the giant space station done that nobody else wanted to do, all because she now you know had minions. <laughs> who wouldn't question her orders. So yeah, I mean, these uh, these things can, you know, so sometimes you find out later on that certain items are, are like really important that, that you had no idea, you know, and, and you can use it for a lot of fun. Makes me think of, um, it, it isn't quite the same, but there it, in the Fallout 2, yeah. at some point you will get exposed to radiation Yes. And when you do, you will grow a mutant toe. Oh. And you can have it cut off at a doctor, and they will give it to you, and you have the option of, you know, disposing of it, but if you manage to keep it throughout the entire adventure, it can, I think, there was the rumor it could be used to do like an instant kill on the final boss. I never followed well, up. Well, that's, that's just nutty, I never followed <laughs> up to check and see if that was actually true, but I, I always loved that, that story. You, you, just, you, drop, you drop it into the vat and it just kills all, you know, it acts like a, as, a, as a systemic poison. But that sounds like something they would have done back in the early days of Fallout. They had some, they had some wacky stuff, you know. 
in, in that. We we've already we have a really good episode on how to bring wackiness into your adventures, and wacky mysteries are a lot of fun. Okay. A mystery can show you where your next step is. A mystery can lead you to a map. It can lead you to somebody who then will give you your next quest or the next part of your quest. So, you know, like I said, these these things don't have to be necessarily direct, you know, because, you know, Trav was talking about the fact that I think you should always have three different ways of getting to the actual main quest destination so that if you don't pick up all the clues or you go the wrong direction or you just get a wrong idea in your mind. There's some other way of getting there. Or the GM in this whole mystery building process throws what we like to call a red herring. Right. I.e. a clue that eventually means nothing or even actively misdirects you. Right. Yeah. And I've done that plenty of times. Oh yeah, so have I. Oh yeah. 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 I'm guilty as charged. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's certain, oh, no. a certain amount of gleefulness in doing that. <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, as long as you get them back on track, you do get that little error as well. And right, you think right. You, well, yeah. These that's... fools were dumb enough to follow this whole train of thought and led them nowhere. Yeah, just yes. yeah. And it, and it, and it, and one of them led up to one of my favorite moments in all uh, in my in my lifetime of gaming history, where J.P. Withers got up from his chair, stood up and says, I figured it out. I figured out what's behind all this. And we all looked at him and I said, okay, JP, tell us. He says, it's mutant Nazi zombies from Mars. <laughs> and he proceeded to lay out all the clues. And I said, you know, JP, I think you should go with that. <laughs> I think you sussed it out. And all the other players are like looking at me like, really? Really? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't argue with that logic, can you? He put everything together, made an airtight, nice little airtight package out of it. And, and you I'm just... just sitting myself, you know, I probably should change the ending so it matches. Because <laughs> 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 this, this is too much fun. He came up with a, just an This, this guy idea. put, yeah, JP put a lot of work into this. I really can't just say I really no. I hate to disappoint him. Yeah, right. And, and yeah. not only that, but it was actually a really, really funny idea. So, you know. Yeah. So, and also, like I say, these kinds of the the deduction part of the mystery process sometimes informs the GM of a better mystery than that the the GM originally had planned. I kind of felt that way when I was watching uh, the latest Knives Out movie, you know, called uh, Oh Glass Onion. Oh, Glass I love Onion. that. I I so want to see the first movie now. Yeah. Well, the first oh, yeah. movie is considerably better than the second one. Oh, okay. Oh, um, even better. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely better. But anyways. Sometimes the original explanation for the mystery is nowhere near as interesting as the more convoluted other possibilities. And if your players are up for it, sometimes it's fun. The GM can actually have multiple endings, much like the game Clue. You know, just by changing a few things, you can have an entirely different ending to your mystery, you know, depending upon the clues that the that the players have come across. As long as you keep track of, of what you've stated as canon, then yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, or you know, then that... Some of that, that, that canon could be red herrings. You could change it. Exactly. Right, yeah. again, yeah, yeah. Well, it's that I know whole... what I said, but that was me, Knobby Foot, you know, the, uh, the, the, the torchbearer, what I said I read on the wall in the latrine. He says that wasn't actually there. He made it all up. True, yeah. 
Yeah. Putting it in a role play. And you were talking just now about convoluted theories and whatnot. And, you know, you did that with JP. It's like, okay, sure, I'll go with it. Um, I think it's because we are so... I, I think just how we are as a culture, as a people, as a society, we want that convoluted, oh, and this and this, because it, it makes us feel better that we figured out all these nooks and crannies and theories and little esoteric facts. You see how most of us get when it's just a simple solution. We feel it, it totally underwhelmed. Like, that's it? That was the entire thing? It, it, it's like... Um, she had daddy issues? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or no, what? what's the one from uh, Skyfall? He go, he built this criminal organization because Daddy loved James more than him? What? Yes, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers, folks. I, I, yeah. I just rolled my eyes on that one. We do. We're so... And it, it's an ego thing. It's, it's, it's kind of the opposite of the instant gratification that a lot of people have these days. That they want everything now and right away. But there's just that visceral thrill of knowing... I figured out your intricate plan, you evildoer, and now I am going to stop you. As opposed to, you robbed that bank because you wanted to buy what? You know, just, and yeah, we want that thrill of, it's both the kill and the thrill of the chase. Knowing you went through the thrill of chase to get all these clues together, and you're the one that found this, and you, yeah. it, it right. It's something, it's just how we are as a people. Yeah. Right. Well... I'm glad you brought up that whole microwave generation kind of concept because that's important to this to this idea of a mystery. Okay, mysteries and other types of things like that are a way of creating micro successes that help maintain interest in your story. So you know, yes, it, you know, you do all this, and finally at the end, there's the big reveal, and 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 you get to lay it all out and confront the boss. But what gets you there? Okay, you know, all if you have to, if if it's going to take you five play sessions before you come up against the big boss, and you don't get anything other than obscure clues and things like that all the way to the end, you're you're not going to be happy. You're going to be bored. You may just drop the whole thing. So, yeah. Part of what goes into all game design, uh, especially in video games and things like that, are is 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 basically rewards, micro rewards. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, uh, things like traps or mysterious boxes or pieces of parchment that lead to a uh, hidden compartment or something like that, those are all ways of rewarding the players for their forward progress through the storyline, okay? So it's important that you give them those little things. You know, some, I mean, a lot of places, like, you know, you, you kill the monster, you get the treasure. It doesn't have to be a lot of treasure, but it's treasure. And then you want to go to the next room and get the and fight the next monster, okay? You know, that's classic... D and D, yeah, it was literally coined by uh, by Gygax and TSR. Okay, and that's that's important in a mystery too. That you figure out small things. They lead somewhere where, and then you get a bigger thing. You know, um, a really good example of that are the movies having to do with national treasure. Oh yeah, and they got a series come out on Disney Plus about all that. Yeah, the to right. continue. And, yeah. And, um, um, Oh, uh, far, was it far, not Far Cry? The other one, um, the one that has uh, Tom. What's his name from Uncharted? 
Uncharted, yeah. They have this all these little, you know, puzzles and things like that underneath, you know, uh, underneath the ground, leading them to finally a treasure chamber, you know, and and them working their way through these things is what makes the movie fun. And of course, their interactions with each other, you know, their betrayals of each other, and some of the, you know. But I'm just saying is that you need to reward people for succeeding. And sometimes it can be a little nothing. Like I said, if you open the door and you wanted them to get this this journal in there, okay, that's going to give them information they're going to need later. But does it hurt to leave a little gold necklace in there or? You know, uh, a couple, a couple of garnets, or even a a minor magic item, or you know, just something, so that they have it. And they're like, "Oh, cool item! Look, look what I got!" And that encourages them. So don't forget to put micro, you know, basically micro rewards all along. You know, yes, it's you know, in a way, it's kind of you know, it, not so much that it becomes a um, oh a Monty Hall dungeon. Yeah, stuff, you know that that and, and and then those that helps also define the characters because the because unfortunately most of our characters are you know are partially the sum of their items. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so by giving these things that you know if they really don't like it they could trade with somebody else yeah. or something else. Yeah. Okay, but if they do like it then it becomes part of them and part of you know their look, part of you know the their technique, their whole the aesthetic. Future. Yeah. But also, like it might give them uh, abilities. Yeah, you know things that to, you know to, tools they can use. Yeah, you, you know. become known as oh, watch it. Yeah, this is that rogue you don't yeah. see coming because they found that ring of invisibility in that dungeon right. years ago. Yeah. Well, that 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 item that uh, uh, that Dumbledore gave to um, Ron that basically just grabs the light out of lights. Okay, I mean there was a, like one or two places where it was important, but mostly it was just a cool item uses it in like the very first movie and then you don't see it again to like the, the 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 seventh movie and you know i just you know that to me that was like a little thing that he got and he and, and he and he got to use it and it was cool you know and and that's the sort of thing that you want people to have so that they can go and say hey i got this cool item i want can i use it in this situation you know when when can i use this thing because otherwise why are they carrying it right well, it, it, it's like you said years ago about foreshadowing. If you sit there and watching a TV or movie and you see a gun on a table, that gun is going to be used later. It's that whole... Because gun. Yeah, thank you. And if you have this wand in this room, yeah, it's there. It's meant to be used. It's it, Yeah, it just, it's how the you know, stories are. Well, it's here. Sooner you know, or later, it's going to be important. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, I just wanted to mention that because that wasn't in the patented list, as you mentioned, oh. about the idea of microtransactions that's, uh, or micro-rewards. Those are really important to do in your adventure. Yeah, microtransactions, that's in a different type of game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. We, I have a list of, of a number of things of devices and methods used to provide clues. I thought we'd just go over them, okay? So... For example, the number one, tracks, okay? You see tracks on the ground? They're going somewhere, right? They could lead you to places where you need to go. They also tell you by their size and the number of them, what the race of the creature is, how many there are, how big they are. In some games, a really 
well-skilled tracker can even tell you how long ago they they did that. They can be used to if you have three doors to go to through and two of them two of them are trapped. Tracking can help tell you which is the door that was always chosen. Yeah. And I'm reminded of the movie Thunderheart with Val Kilmer and Graham Greene where he tells all this information and Val Kilmer goes, I suppose you know how much change he had in his pockets too. And Graham Greene looks totally serious and goes, 37 cents. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, looking back, I'm thinking, that's a hell of a survival check. Yeah. Um, or a bluff check. <laughs> oh, yeah. Better yet. Just to, just to shut the guy up. Yeah. Yeah. Tracks. And of course, again, the resident D20 person here. Yeah, you could sit there and tell number, time passed, size of the creature. Heck, you could tell the race if you're really looking, you, you get a high enough roll. You could figure out, well, no, you see how the boots are, the fact that they're wider in front. Yeah, they were wearing boots, but they actually have like three splayed toes. That would show it, it was an avian race that walked through here. You know, yeah, you could really, depending on how. And for whatever mechanic, whatever skill or talent you use for tracking, you could find out quite a bit if you roll decent enough. And a lot of D&D parties, adventuring, you got that ranger or maybe a druid that knows this and can sit there and, you know, do the Graham Green bit from Thunderheart. Yeah, you had 50 gold pieces in this pouch. How do you know? I'm that good. That's why you're paying me the big bucks. Yeah, it just, if you really want to play it up, if you get the high enough, yeah, you could, you know, just give the clues on tracks and it can really help on, okay, what are we coming up against? Who are we going to run into when these tracks end? Yeah, you just, I've, I've used tracks to, to great advantage in my games because they often end up in natural settings and, oh no, I've, I've, I've just laid on all the facts and I said, okay, you made that high enough roll, you know A through E. You guys didn't get high that high of a roll, you go A through C. And you found out these extra facts because you got that higher roll. And that I remember a game, I forget what campaign, but they lit up because they realized they got high enough and they found out it was like a big bad that I had. And yeah, they just really and it was all from just tracking. So yeah, tracking there's there's a reason why it's first on this list, folks, because if you play, you know, oh, following tracks and the survival track or whatever. You can really get in some really good details depending on your tracker and what you have planned. So yeah, tracks don't don't ever discount just oh we're just following tracks. Yeah. Okay. What can you tell us about candles, uh, Jonathan? Well, usually you can see how long ago they were last burned to some degree. You you, you won't it won't get you like a difference between five hundred and a thousand years, but it might get you the difference between earlier today or last week or last month well if it's still burning then right now <laughs> well i'm saying if the candlestick was like three foot tall and you see some spare candles over there in a drawer and that's yeah that's the big thing having other other candles to compare to you can see okay depending on how tough you want to make it you can say well you know this particular wax burns fairly quick, or this one burns exceedingly slow, but most players you can kind of say, but assuming it's a normal candle, you think it's been burning this long, or... They were here for 20 minutes, yeah, right. Yeah. The last time somebody was in his room was X amount of time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and as I mentioned before, the fire, fires 
they they burn down and you know the coals you know could last for hours. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you can tell you can overnight. Yep. Sometimes through a rainstorm, you can you can also mm-hmm. say, "Hey, there's coals." I mean, the water, the ground is wet. It rained, but the coals are they're still warm coals. That tells you that you know there was a big fire. So they weren't trying to hide their their uh you know their numbers. They weren't trying to hide themselves, which means they had confidence that they could deal with whatever was around. So they probably had a lot of people followed up by you know tracks and all the other stuff like that. It's all evidence that can be used to. To, and also to see whether or not, um, you know, this place is still in use. Because there's a big difference between an, uh, an occasionally used place and a totally abandoned place. Yep. You know, now diaries, of course, they that, that they can be good and bad. Because they, if you want to tor- really torture somebody, uh, go online and find where all the, um, you know, all the slash fiction is. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh. Just, just just put that into a diary and 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 just say and then put a clue in somewhere in there and make and make your players read that bad poetry or somebody's uh, pony uh, invent, uh, adventure. <laughs> I I was going to do that in a can in a previous Friday campaign. That oh, it's an ancient Earth text and it was a a a chant of a mating ritual and basically I was going to rickroll them. And I never got the chance to, but, it, you know, try to make it a little more formal language. And it's like, they will never relinquish you. They will never release you. Yeah. they Wait a minute. Never going to let you. Never, you son of a. Yeah. And I just, it, it, it was there, but just the planets didn't align. And I didn't want to throw it in there because it'd be railroading and just, yeah, just, oh no, that, that it's, it's rare to do something like that. I mean, I, I think the Rick rolling's a little safer than, you know smut or slash just depending on you know who your gamers are but yeah. well that's i also mentioned like the pony the pony fiction and such you know unicorn poems things like that you know right <laughs> so buried you can be can be clues you know uh and things like that uh descriptions of places that they're about to go to uh or places that they should go to uh that might not be in this particular location it might be in another location you can have uh, pressing of leaves. Leaves could be uh, of plants that have, that are no longer in existence, and that and that can be used to make magic potions that, uh, or uh, poison remedies. Or you, it could tell of where it is you're going. Oh, this particular herb is actually over on this side of the continent, and they brought it back from you know the Silk Road or whatever you know, or the the path the right. path between the lands or whatever you know. Yeah. This is silk, and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's... it's. We only find this to right. the east. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Some of those... Uh, I mean, there's a reason why they traveled to the Orient to get spices, because they didn't, they didn't grow in England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you, you find that in the book, you say, this person's been there. Okay. So maybe that means something. Maybe if we see other things from that area, they belong to this person. So yeah, diaries could do. I mean, diaries are treasure troves, but again, you have to be real careful that you don't bore your players. Okay. Speaking of that, uh, there's also you can check for unusual books in their libraries, which is also a you know a good way of identifying the the uh, latches to secret doors and hidden hidden passageways. You know, you look for the the book that that doesn't belong. One right? of these things is not like the other. Yeah. 
And li likewise, you know, in uh, uh, in a more modern setting, check backup drives and online libraries for things like that, because a lot and of files, yeah, online books Book and stuff like that, they allow you to add notations to you know those particular files, and the very thing that you may be looking for might actually be in uh, the uh, user liner notes for Hurricane. Or my my own uh, what is it uh, my own private Idaho? Yeah, because if you're if you're worried that you know somebody might no well, my my villain is too smart to hide their information in a in a file name that doesn't fit with the rest of their drive. Keep in mind there are still people out there who use password one two three as their password or yeah. password yeah as or their password, password. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. I have the same combination on my luggage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes sake of ease right you know and convenience outweighs you know the sense of security for some people especially if they're confident well well that's also that's researching the person i mean that's why they'll tell you for passwords don't use like your kid's middle name or you know all this and just yeah it it's you don't mm -hmm. if you know a person there's a good chance that you're going to figure out passwords and key codes and all that because, oh, like, you know, using, let's say, my mom's birth date or something. You know, just no, you, you don't do that because somebody who knows you, they figure you out and do research. Yeah. Which does kind of lead into the next one, trash. There was a whole thing back in the 70s and 80s, and I'm sure they do it today. It was called trashing where you would be at, like, the dumpsters late at night of computer companies, and there's people digging through the garbage looking for everything from thrown-away papers to even, oh, look, there was this notepad, and he wrote something on here, and if we do a rub, we'll pick it up, what, it, what, what the pencil or pen impressed into the paper. Trashing was a huge thing for hackers to find passwords and to, like, corporate servers and stuff right i mean sometimes people would put early versions of games on diskettes and throw them <laughs> out. wow and people would pick them up go home and actually play the game and it's in an early form before anybody else could dumpster diving is a is is a really important oh no no do, never folks never discount digging through somebody's trash i mean I'm sure that's one of the things in Bureau 13. Yeah, it's not a glorious part of the job, but you'll be amazed what you find, what people throw out. And again, it's the whole thing of, you know, how the convention of, oh, cleaning people and janitors and all this. Yeah, you throw a janitor uniform on and you're there at a dumpster. You throw a guard, you know, the, 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 the one-piece overalls of a trash guy. You go digging and they're thinking, oh, okay, they're just looking for something. They're checking the dumpster. Yeah, it looks like they work for the trash company. Okay. Yeah, no, trashing, which was the term in the 70s for the very early hackers, like, um, oh, God, the Condor, I'm blanking on his name now. Ke uh, Kevin Mitnick, that's the type of stuff he and his early, the very early hackers, you know, like Captain Crunch, who used the whistle to make international right. phone calls, they would go digging through trash. So as far as finding clues, never discount going to a person's trash and... I mean, in the fantasy realm, you're not going to really have that. It's more a modern thing. But mm -hmm. still, the stuff that people carelessly well, not, throw know, out. We're not just talking about fantasy games. We're also talking about modern games. Yeah, and just 
why do you think now we have things like, you know, not only, you know, hell, I got a personal paper shredder in front of one of my bookcases next to my love seat. Why do you think there are companies out there? And I want to say one of them is called Iron Mountain. All they do is shred corporate documents. Because it's it, called Iron Mountain. Yeah, and, and they that is their job. That's what they do. It's so you don't yeah. get records of companies. Heck, my company, every beginning of every year, what is it? I think most companies, they keep their files for seven years, and then they... I think that's the general rule, at least for my previous job and this job. And so every... And this is the second year they've done it now. Um, we build this sort of crate, and we just throw the old papers from like seven years ago, and they are sent to a, a shredding company, and they're disposed of. And so, yeah, that's why we have all these because so many people have been dumpster diving to gain secret information. And it's that phrase, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, or embarrassing information. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. how many, how many uh, people have been brought low because an, a memo that they wrote 15 years ago came to light? Well, it's the running joke like, well, you know, I don't want to do that. I may want to run for politics someday. You know, that type of thing, yeah. Exactly. But, no, trash... Yeah, that's always a great place to look for clues because people are so careless. They just think, oh, it's going to be in a bag in a dump somewhere. It doesn't go directly to a dump. It sits in a dumpster for a week, and in that time, it's fair game. I mean, you at the most, the person might get busted for trespassing, and even then, if they wear the right uniform, which in Bureau 13, you can get a janitor, you know, trashman's overalls, no problem. Yeah, you can go in there and find out all sorts of stuff about somebody. So... Yeah, never, yeah. ever, ever discount that as a game master or a player. And if you're talking about, like, you know, a residential individual, once that trash can's out on the street, it's fair game. Duh, yeah, well, that's why people put, you know, furniture and stuff out on the street. They're waiting for some guy to, with a pickup truck to pick it up. Likewise, with that sort of thing, you know, uh, com uh, in computers, you know, checking their search histories, checking their browser histories. <laughs> yeah, just the, the fact that, and, I, and and no, again, you know, search histories, yeah, you can delete it, but if you get somebody, if you have somebody on your team who's like a forensic hacker, I mean, they do it to get into stuff like that, you can't delete down to a certain point. After a while, you could really go deep into the computer and find out, yeah, it was deleted from, you know, just bringing up on the keyboard, but I hooked it up to this here, and oh no, I've got their search history for the past 10 years, you know. And, you know, again, it's the whole, uh, what's the phrase, something is on the internet, it's never truly gone, that type of thing. Right, right. But I, I see search histories, and it's something I joke about with my coworkers at the past job and this job. Because, you know, all three of us here have had to look up stuff for a game, and I'm sure that each of us tonight could look at our search histories and just, okay, click on Google or whatever one we use and just go, Wow, this is like a pinball in a shoe box. I went from researching Calhoun, Georgia, to the aerodynamics of a cow. You know, just you know, yeah. I, I, I've made the joke to the people at my current job. The FBI don't want to see my search history. It's not pretty, and I'd have to explain as I'm getting dragged away in cuffs. No, you don't understand. I play D and D. You know, yeah. We found this, this, and this, sir. It was for an adventure. I swear. You know, just yeah. But no, um. Computers and search histories, and it kind of goes back to the check backup drives and online libraries. They're sort of kind of linked because you are going to need somebody good with computer skill and possibly a little bit of electronic skill if you got to deal with um, the hardware. 
like, oh, we need to hook this up in order to get in here because it's got this fail-safe. And yeah, usually it's computer use. Sometimes it's electronics, possibly. But yeah, even on a computer. Yeah, recycle bin, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, it's deleted. You can't access it. Oh, yeah, I delete these files. I put them in the recycle bin. They're permanently deleted. No, somebody digs down deep enough in your computer drive, they can find stuff. Even when you delete something from your recycle bin, it's still on your hard drive. It's just... Yeah, it's just you can't you access, can't access it, it anymore. It, it, the only way to right. get rid of it, rid of it is, you know, if you then, like, format your drive Magnet. afterward yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. Re yeah. Re yeah. You know, refill it up. Yeah. But, yeah, it just takes somebody with some forensic computer skill and, yeah, they'll find stuff that you deleted 20 years ago off a computer. It just... All deleting means, folks, it just means that you can't access it yourself anymore. Always somebody can go in and pick through. You're basically saying, telling the computer, yeah, you can write over this part now. Doesn't mean it necessarily will, but it right. can. <laughs> just don't let me get to it anymore, yeah. yeah. We got rid of those pictures, yeah, well, those pictures are still there. It's just now somebody else can get to them better than you can, yeah. Um yeah, and, and there was a time when, and they use this in so many television shows and movies, where the answering machine, you know, had really useful information <laughs> yep. on it. Yeah. You just roll it all the way back to the beginning and start listening to all the messages. And uh, a lot of times it was, you know, you, 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 you could learn the entire plot. <laughs> yeah, you're finding out all of a sudden that this guy, yeah, he was a... He's a corrupt politician. We need to find out what he's got his fingers in. What do you mean he's also got three mistresses and a boyfriend? You know, mm -hmm. just, and yeah, right. so you're finding out, you you get the fire hose as far as information on this guy. And as they say, information's power. I love it. Answer, or call logs on phones because it just, we got, we're going to have some young, answering machine? Mom, what's an answering machine? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, call logs on phones and voicemail and all that. Yeah, that's. As I said, you, you might find out something you might not, you didn't know about the person before. Again, what do you mean this corrupt politician had three girlfriends and a boyfriend? What? Whoa, we're just checking on, you know, illegal activity at the dump here. Whoa, okay. And I do like this one. Choices of food for creature identification. That can be telling. That's where you get the knowledge nature checks in. Because, oh, this type of berry is only grown in this part of the land and we can... We know that this creature ate it. That means it, it migrated through this part of the land. And there is a term for the, tra and, and also the choices of food, um, their droppings also is another clue if you're like following. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. investigating scat is going to tell you. Well, there, there's, there's a term for, and it stands for the tracking, or no, the droppings or tracks or droppings of animals, and it's called spore. S-P-O-R-R, -R, I believe. Spore. Yes. Choices of food, that could also be brought up in the droppings if you are tracking an animal. That is another... And again, that's where the ranger or the naturalist or the survivalist will come into play and said, oh, yeah, he ate this apple. Yeah, there's an orchard of that you know, about five miles away. You know, we can check it out and you know follow the tracks back there. And Yeah. So choices of food, yeah, that that it it's a more what's the term I'm looking for here? A holistic approach, but it's still quite mm -hmm. telling. Well, remember in the original Jaws movie, 
there was this one kid that supposedly got eaten by the shark and they went out and they they found this shark and they brought it back and nighttime comes and Richard drives his character and the sheriff he says we got to go and 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 uh cut into that shark and and he's like says what I, I do not want to go and cut into a shark and see pieces of little billy come tumbling out and he says well we got to know that they're there because otherwise we got the wrong shark yeah yeah so getting into the belly of an animal yeah. a lot of times can tell you you know a lot of things like you know what's it been eating you know or in that case who are they eating yeah yeah Right. Well, scavengers will eat yes. any carrion, whether it be human or otherwise. And you're looking for your lost sheep and you find mutton in, in an animal that normally feeds off of bunnies and other types of critters. And you're like, well, OK, we found somebody, you know, either either there's been some really far afield uh, sheep out here or we found our predator who's been who's been eating the, the sheep. Yeah, either we found a predator or there's a really bad shepherd out there somewhere that's now missing a sheep. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> but yeah, choices of food. Yeah. And I mean, that could even work for, again, this kind of goes back to the trashing. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, yeah, you know that this guy has, you know, oh, he likes his burgers this way. And, oh, okay. Then, you know, we find out, oh, you find this burger wrapper in the trash and Oh, I see chili, mustard, and pickles. Oh, okay, and some cheese. Okay, so we had chili cheeseburger from this place. Yeah, again, it's it, it doesn't work for creatures. It works for people, too. And it kind of goes back to the trashing, because nine times out of ten, you're going to find what they eat from the trash they leave behind. I mean, and you did mention up this next one a uh, while back. The dead, if speak to dead, is available. Otherwise, animals with speak to animals is available. Right. And unfortunately, D and D, they they give too much. I mean, it's like it is. It's literally like, oh, okay. Unless the guy's like your enemy, they're gonna spill all the information. So you know, if, if you have, it, it's a good way to really dump a lot of information on the players and bring them up to speed if they really haven't been getting it. But otherwise, yeah. a lot of these speak with dead are give too much you know and you know unless you nerf it okay speaking with animals is a lot easier because it's like how much you know attention did the bunny give to the party of you know 15 gnolls going by okay yeah see that's the thing with animals i mean it, it, again we're bringing in this this word verisimilitude animals now unless you're doing the thing well speak with animals you imbue a bit of your sentience into the animal to allow it to give information and process other than that, animals are going to give very basic information based on emotional reactionary stuff. Yeah, did you see 15 gnolls go by here? Big, scary, hairy things. What's 15? How many? Yeah. More than one. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 again, animal, any, anything, and, and this is just me, speak with animals is more, okay, time for me to be a bit of, you know, bit of a jerk because, yeah, they're speaking to, you know, a dog. Dogs have very, I mean, we love dogs, you know, they're the second most popular pet here in the U.S. next to cats. I don't still get, I still don't get that, but that's just me. No offense to all the cat owners and listeners out there. Um, but yeah, you get a dog, they're not going to sit there, well, you see, I was walking with my master and I saw these two people fighting. No, dogs have very simple things. Can I bite it? Can I somehow relieve waste on it? <clears throat> Is it a surrogate for a leg? They have very limited. <laughs> 
Dogs have very limited needs, and you're not going to get the great American novel from speaking with animals. I ju- I use it as a means to just mess with the players. Yeah, they'll get some information, but might be not quite what they're looking for. And it, it it's a, a chance for me to you know yank their chains a little, as it were. Speak with dead. That's the one. Yeah, that's that's the big hack. And it it's I've had players even threaten. I have a barbarian and a cleric. The barbarian will kill you. The cleric will yet speak with dead and we'll still get the information out of you, and you'll be dead. Or you can tell us now, and you might get you might be able to walk away from this encounter. You know, I mean, just, yeah, it, it's, as I said, speak with dead, yeah, that's kind of the ultimate hack for getting information. Because it's just, and, and, and there's, and, and see, this is the thing I have with mysteries where you have powers available, spells, superpowers, what have you. Speak with dead, you know, it's like, Okay, yeah, you know, it's like you have Harry Dresden walk up to the morgue and say, okay, I need to see the victim. Give me 10 minutes alone, lock the door, go go get something to eat or something, go take a break. He goes speak with them, and he finds out who killed the person. End of mystery. Yeah, there's still, the, there's still the why done it, though. Well, yeah, I mean, you still need motive and all that, but I mean, you're you kind of, yeah, speak with dead is kind of, to me, it's... It kind of depends, because if you're in a universe where, you know, Ma- people know this magic exists, then, you know, they might take steps. They're going to do things to counter, you know, I don't want the, I don't want that corpse talking to that magical detective over there. I need to, yeah. They might kill them, you know, from behind, so they don't... Right, yeah, them. it's like, all I felt was a knife in my back and I fell forward, yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, Speak With Dead for me is like the ultimate ruin my mystery, you know, just, yeah, I plot this elaborate murder and you forget that I forget that Amber has speak with dead or this person over here has and I'm like crap. That that's yeah, I, I I like speak with dead, it has utility, but it can ruin an adventure if need be. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like you you, you need to kinda try and remember to plot it out so that the murderer doesn't even expose themselves to the victim, whether it be through poison yeah. or, or striking from behind or, or wearing a disguise and stuff like that. You usually want to still make it a reward for using that. Stuff. Yeah, you've you've gotten some new information yeah. using this very extraordinary, esoteric, often arcane or divine method. Like, yeah, you may find out. Yeah, I I died. I ate this hamburger and it tasted funny, and I fell on the table. And now I'm talking to you. Well, what did it taste like? Yeah, I didn't know that they put almonds in in hamburgers. I thought I tasted almonds before everything went black. Oh, that means a person puts cyanide in your burger. Okay, well, we need to find out that, and that leads you on. Yeah, you get an answer, but it's more questions, and that that's something I feel is intrinsic to a mystery. Yeah, you get one question answered, you're going to get a couple more. Okay, we found out that this guy slipped cyanide in the guy's burger. Okay, how do you get the cyanide? And also, who had access to the burger? Things yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, it's like okay, answer one question, you get another two, and. That, to me, is just something that's absolutely intrinsic to the concept of a mystery in a game. And it's kind of like the reverse of a Hydra. You kill one head. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a Hydra. Kill one head, i.e. answer the question. Two more pop up. Oh, great. I have another two questions. Great. But at least you're narrowing it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, and it, it can perpetuate that mystery and that sense of mystery. And it, again, it's the visceral thrill finally getting the convoluted plot figured out and I have foiled your plot, evildoer. Yeah. I like this one. Signs of smoke in the distance. 
And th this one, yeah, kind of goes back to the whole campfire thing. And you could see the fire, you know, you'll see the sign of smoke in the distance and you go there and you find the campfire and okay, how long ago was it burning and how big was it? Or, you know, it could be, oh, sign of smoke in the distance. No, that's not a campfire going out. That's a place is on fire. Yeah. They're trying to destroy evidence by burning the home, you know. Yeah, it just and and goes right into sounds in the distance. And again, this is all perception checks and everything, or whatever skill or talent you use. Hearing a gunshot or a car or something beeping like an alarm or something. Yeah, that's it it often oh what what is it for Pathfinder OGL? I think it's DC twenty five for a perception check for you to pick up on clues, little things like that. So that means you have to have a relatively high awareness of your surroundings be able to pick up minute details but yeah signs of smoke and sounds in the distance yeah that's a uh, yeah again they kind of go hand in hand it's just one there one's visual one's auditory acquaintances and associates okay that's um that's again can go back to the trashing because you're getting oh this person wrote down this guy's number on the pad and I'll just do the, pe the 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 edge of the pencil lead to rub and get oh it's Bob Johnson at six five three you know whatever and what other things could you do to find associates oh no there is this one um and this is for more modern games it is something that I have at my disposal it is it it's a site where and I don't know if I should give the name of the site on free advertising or whatever. But basically, you can sit there, and I mean, you can research people. There's a lot of stuff out there that's public record, folks, more than you would think. And I've had to use this site to research people. And it's along the lines of, they will tell you the people that live near, the people you're related to. Hell, hell the one site even tells of um, uh, registered sex offenders that live in the same neighborhood. And just that, that I mean... An acquaintance, I guess, would be, you know, you might know of them, you know, at least, oh, they live down the street. Yeah, he's on one of those websites that you don't want to be on, you know. But, yeah, people that you are looking for, people that they know. Um, the guy at the coffee stand down the street, you get your, and yeah, I know it's from Lady Marmalade, your Mocha Chotka Lada Yaya or whatever. Yeah, every day, 10 o'clock, Joe's here and he gets his, you know, Mocha with two shots of raspberry and, you know, whipped cream on top. And he's always here at 10 o'clock sharp every day. And you can talk to the coffee guy and find out, okay, where does he go from there? Or where does he work? Or, you know, again, it's that whole thing of the little people that you never pay attention to, domestics and, and, and workers of that nature. We're not discounting them at all here. But in, an, in a mystery adventure, the people that you tend to push off to the side are often the ones that have the most rewarding information because they're the ones that the your suspect will talk to every morning and they'll get to know them and they have the rapport and hence Joe goes to the coffee stand every day, 10 o'clock, rain or shine, to get his mocha with two shots of raspberry. So yeah, it's the, the, the little, the quote-unquote little people are the ones that can help out. Number 10 here, mystical portents and dreams and prophecies. Those kind of go hand in hand because they both have that mystical kind of. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. that's like some external force giving you the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're. It's a clue, like yeah. I said, yeah. you know. And if you're playing that kind of an adventure, those those are good. Those are really good. Yeah, 
and I mean, you you don't want to make it as a hack, like, okay, you know what, they haven't gotten, you know, the six clues I've threw at them. Yeah, you have a dream in the middle of the night about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> the fourth way of figuring out how to get to the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. You blew by the other three that Bruce gave. Yeah, here, we're going to throw this at you. Yeah. Well, prophecies, that's, uh, it, it's pseudo-mystical, you know, it's, it, it, but still, they, they kind of are lumped together, yeah. Well, as I see the differences, like the portents in dreams are, are happening in the present, and, and that is a supernatural force telling you right now what yeah. you need to be worrying about. Prophecies are... And you're on the right track. Yeah. Right. Prophecies are messages that were sent out, you know, in the past. <laughs> yeah. And the the challenge with that, the, the challenge with both of us is interpreting them because they're never going to be straightforward unless, I mean, you really want to just hand it to the players. Well, again, you got like um, uh, mystical portents and dreams. Yeah, it's usually, I mean, even if it's, let, let's say you have rules in your game for how dreams are run. Like you have, um, what is it, lucid dreaming where you can sit there and travel about the dream realm and find out things like, oh, I'm going to go into, yeah, you, uh, there's, um, and I use these rules for dream, it's called Dreamwalker D20, is written by a guy named Peter C. Span, and he did one for, like, earlier D&D, and then he's done one for, like, D20 Modern. And you can actually sit there, and if you're nearby, yeah, you're in a van, and you park, you know, like, down the block from this guy's house, and while he's sleeping, you just root through his dreams and you're just sneaking around and seeing all of the stuff that he can, you know, he dreams about at night. And you can tell, oh, yeah, this guy's, you know, really stressed out and everything. And he's been saying that, uh, you know, his, his co-workers have been saying, yeah, Bob's really been on edge lately because of all this, this stuff. And then you're finding out, no, it's because he's being forced to do something because, you know, his family's being threatened, you know, so... Yeah, if you if if it's either you having the dream or you are using some type of as they call it D20 modern FX ability to get into another person's dreams and read, yeah, you can find out quite a bit and just it it's again, it's a fine line with mystic portents and dreams where it's okay, the players are actually doing the work because of or it's the GM kind of just saying, "Here, this is what it is you've been looking <laughs> Let's get on with the adventure. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> other agency investigation reports. Yeah, and I'm reminded of the Bureau 13 OGL chart that Rich made about hacking into other computers and getting stuff from, oh, you the CIA and the FBI and the IRS and local news services and credit card companies. And yeah, getting in and, or even like, let's say a pulp campaign. Oh, you go to the Hall of Records in downtown and, you know, dig through the files for, Something that happened, you know, and yeah. Or it could be a fantasy campaign where it's like, yeah, you're at the Magical College and you're finding out about what they put. And we'll use the Skyrim example. Oh, the Mages College up in Winterhold. And oh, yeah, they have this, you know, the librarians got you the stuff on something that this other college, you know, reported on 100 years ago. Yeah. Other agency investigation reports, because they'll have often, they'll give you clues because that other agency may have investigated this from a different viewpoint. They may have had different metrics to this mystery. They may have had um, different jurisdiction. Therefore, they could bring in stuff from other lands or states or counties or whatever. So, yeah. You know, go to City Hall and you get the the original construction blueprints for that yeah. 
tower downtown, and it's like, well, those are some weird designs for the building. It looks like it's made to summon spiritual energy. Hmm. A lot of these clues that were in this list we just did, the devices and methods used to provide them, yeah, when you're a really descriptive GM, you got to learn not to kind of, you kind of rein that in a little bit to give them just enough to entice the players to, and I hate saying it like this, take the bait. Because we have discussed this before on this podcast of having to practically, you know, get out the clue by four and beat the players with it. We here on Gaming the Frontier Podcast do not condone player abuse in any way, shape, or form. I love that term, clue by four. Yeah. And and running a mystery, that's something I've noticed is that it, it's just enough to whet the appetite, just enough to get the players going. And that that will take time as a game master as you're planning. Because, yeah, we're, we're doing this as far as how to play in a game with a mystery, but also GMs how to run a game with a mystery. And enticing the players and getting them going. And, and, and this term's been overused over the past decade, but a slippery slope. You want to give them just enough, you know, it's like that whole thing, the first try is always free, just enough to get them enticed and then suck them in. And then they go, oh, I want to make rolls on this, I want to make rolls on this, I want to make knowledge tech checks because of the, the hacking that was done, I want to make knowledge nature checks because of the type of food that this animal ate, I want to make knowledge history checks because I want to find out about this dungeon. Running a mystery is a really... If, if you want to light a fire under your players' <clears throat> posteriors to get them going, a mystery will do it because they'll realize, wait a minute, this is something going on, and they'll get that, what we mentioned earlier, that visceral thrill of um, tracking down the clues, or what they say in Sherlock, cluing for looks, yeah. And just, you'll get them, if you can, you know, balance it right, you can get them going where they're just, okay, we got into this hurdle. Oh, we have another hurdle. Okay, let's get through this one. And just build it and build it and build it. And it's the sign of a good game master when you not only have the players having the characters get interested, but also the players themselves. Most players, they like to solve a mystery. They like to have that little piece of knowledge that they think they are the only ones to have, or they were the ones to successfully figure yeah, out. Yeah, they want to so. beat the adventure in more ways than just hitting it with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they don't want to just beat it. They want you to know that they knew how to beat it, and cere you know, cerebrally, they just chose to use the stick. Yeah. Well, it, it it's, yeah, it's, it's, again, that visceral thrill, just, and, and it, kind of comes into the play of the whole back and forth between GM and players where it's not adversarial, but it is a chess game. You do your move and then the players do theirs and back and forth. And that's the best way to describe the a good relationship between GM and players. A chess game where, yeah, you do this move and then they do this move in return. You know, you give them more of the world to investigate and they come back with, okay, this is what we're trying to make observations about what you've thrown at us here. And then you realize they were heading down a path you hadn't planned on, but it's a much better one than you did plan, so you're still with there. Rewind to Bruce's story about J.P. Withers <laughs> and the, what is it, the Nazi killer, Nazi killer baby SS werewolves from the deep. It was, deep. It, yeah. oh, um, it, was it was mutant Nazi clones <laughs> from Mars. That's what it was. Mut not, not zombies, mutant Nazi clones <laughs> from Mars. <laughs> 
Wow, shades of Iron Sky here. Way yeah. before there um, was ever an Iron Sky. <laughs> we all love Rich Dearly. I will never forgive him for Iron Sky and Turkish Star Wars. Anyways, um, but no, mysteries, yeah. I mean, if you do it right, I mean, it, it could be the stuff of legend in your groups. Oh, yeah, there's this one investigative campaign, Bureau 13, and there was this mystery we did of how this and this happened. Yeah, if you pull it off right, it will be a story for the ages. Well, I think that if if the excitement amongst our hosts is any uh, indication of how adding a mystery to your adventure or many mini mysteries uh, can enhance your play, then I think we've proven our point. And we want to thank everybody for listening to us, and we hope that you will use this because this is a really important tool in your toolbox as a GM. And as a player, get into those mysteries. Have fun with them and and uh, and encourage your GM to include them because she's probably looking for some way of bringing the awesome to the game, and this is one way that could be that even if you don't do it well in one situation, another situation, it can completely rock. So we're going to have more stuff like this for you next week, but you're going to have to wait until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license, no commercial reproduction, and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.